Well, it's uh, such a privilege uh, to be here with you, and as I stand at this podium, I realize I'm not as tall as James, and, um, and uh, oh, there we go, how's that? Uh, it's really a, a, a grace to bring you greetings from the uh, church I serve in St. Louis, Missouri, Riverside Church. We say hello to you, and uh, my wife Jessica and our youngest, Noah, so glad to be with you. And um, so I've turned to Psalm 131, Psalm 131 in the Old Testament. Uh, if you uh, have a Spotify playlist or an Apple playlist or something like that, the Psalms are kind of like that. It's a, a various songs for different kinds of situations and moods and seasons. And uh, we're coming to this Psalm 131, and I'd love to read it for you. It says this, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great, too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Let's pray together. Lord, here we are. Your book is open. We're asking that you would open our hearts and minds. Those of us celebratory, thankful, eager. Those of us sorrowing, pained, questioning. All of us together, Lord. Thank you for inviting us to ask, seek, and knock in your presence. Thank you for not casting us away, but inviting us to come and hear you. We ask for the grace to hear you. In Jesus' name. Amen. There's a show called The Detectorists. It's about uh, a couple of middle-aged friends, two men, and uh, they're uh, metal detectorists. You say metal detectors, but then they, uh, then they clarify it's detectorists. And they, um, they're looking for gold. And uh, the writer of this, this award-winning show uh, says it's sort of a picture, a metaphor for all of us who are looking for a golden life, something to make our life, you know, just a bit more meaningful. And um, when I think about looking for a golden life, I, I feel that in myself. I don't, you don't want to be bored. You don't, you don't want to just be ordinary. It's something that you're looking for. And when Jesus um, talked about a golden life, he would talk about um, a child, he would set a child in front of people and he would say, if you want everything golden, if you want God and all his kingdom and everything that could be yours from God, become like a child. In order to see this kingdom, you need to be like a child. Now, what you need to know is the Roman world in which Jesus lived would have laughed at that. They would have mocked that. They would have had no interest in that. They would have thought Jesus weak. They would do to children what they liked, especially non-freeborn Roman children could be misused. It was plain to do that. And um, children are to be seen, not heard. Jesus didn't feel that way. So he said to grown adults, if you want a golden life with God, learn from this child King David, centuries before that son of David, the true king, uh, likewise talks about being a child. 
childlike. That's what he said in this psalm, that he's become childlike, the child weaned by his mother. Now, whenever you read the Bible, uh, the most often metaphor, uh, way of picturing God as Father, this is Jesus' most um, often way of describing God. It's the way he teaches us to pray, our Father. But Jesus will also say that God is like a woman seeking to find a lost coin. He will say that God and his kingdom is like a woman baking bread. He will say that um, God, that he is like a, a mother hen with her chicks wanting to gather them. And here King David is saying God is like a mother to him. And he is like a nursing child. The Apostle Paul will talk like that. He will say to those that he served as pastor, I was among you as a father. I was among you as a nursing mother. And here King David is saying that. I've become like a child as if I'm nursing from my mother. Now, let's pause there and just remind ourselves of how shocking what we just read is. Shocking. Do you know why? Well, let me put it this way. The writer of this uh, song is King David. King David is the leader of his nation. He's the political leader of his nation. He's the military commander. He's the slayer of Goliath, the leader of armies. He's a veteran of war. And what he says is he's like a child. Not only does he say that, he writes a song and has his whole constituency sing it. Our king is like a child. Uh, just pause for a moment. Any political leader you have in mind, any local national leader you have in mind, do any of them talk like this? The ways of God are different than our ways. And when God grabs hold of a human heart, even a king will talk differently than others. Even a veteran of war will talk differently. Even a military commander will talk differently. And he'll have everybody sing it. Our king is like a child. Our king has a king. Our king has a mother. And this King David wants everybody to know it. What is this cost? First, it costs him for a leader like that to talk like that. Not everybody will like it. Just like in the Roman world, not everybody liked when Jesus said, become like a child. There will be people, when a leader talks like this, who will overlook such a leader. They will think that's weak. They will think you cannot uh, lead a nation like that. You cannot lead troops like that. And they will overlook him, conspire against him. It'll cost like that. The cost has to come from this um, change of direction of his, uh, of his life. He says, um, my eyes are not raised too high. My heart is not lifted up. My inner life and my external life are bowing before God and I am not choosing that which is too much for me. 
Now, I'm sure there would have been others counseling the king, the military leader, not to talk like that. King David, you are a powerful man. Uh, You are a man that women want. You are a man that can have what you want. You are a decorated war hero. There is momentum to be had. Don't stop, stop yourself short. Don't say there are things too high for you. What's too high for you, King David? All of us wish we had what you have, the platform you have. Don't, don't start talking as if there are things that are too lofty for you, King. But he is. My heart will not be lifted up. My eyes. He's letting go of pride. Now, King David has had trouble with that. He's not always in his life let go of pride. Uh, But the thing about him seems to be whenever he realizes what he's done, he names it. And he'll often write songs about it and have people sing about how he blew it. Like Psalm 51. Hey, all my constituency, sing about my worst sin. Never forget, I too have needed forgiveness and I too need God and I too am a sinner. I too am like a child and here he is writing this song. He's letting go of pride. He's letting go of presumption. I do not occupy myself. You see that? I do not occupy myself with things too great, too marvelous for me. To occupy yourself is to like um, provoke yourself. It's to pay attention. It's to stir up yourself. Uh, I'm not provoking myself to things that are too great. I'm not going to do that, he says. The cost of this, you could imagine, one objection would be all these things we just said. Why do that? Why limit yourself, king? Sky's the limit for you. Think of the power. Think of the leverage. Think of the platform for God. Your humility will get in the way of God if you just stay proud. Think of what you could do for God. Uh, there's this show uh, called Trying. It's a BBC show. And um, anyway, there's a character in the show who's proud, mean. He's only thinking about himself. We would say he's a jerk. And um, there are consequences to it as the show unfolds. Uh, and uh, there's a, he, he begins to realize what his being self-centered has done to other people. And so he decides he needs to go to a support group. But he can't find a support group for jerks. <laughs> and so he decides to start his own support group. And that support group is called Health. It's called Human Bottoms Anonymous. But it's not called that. It's called something much more crass that I'm not saying this morning. <laughs> and um, for a while, people come. And they all start off. He, he starts off by saying, hi, I've been a human bottom. And uh, others say, hi, we have been too. And it's been six weeks since I've been, you know. And they do this. It's a comedy. And uh, they do this. But then after a while, one, uh, there comes a, a, a moment where one, of the, uh, one person stands up and says, I'm tired of this. 
I'm tired of this. This person's a very powerful person and says, uh, you're wanting me to give up everything that's enabled me to get where I am. It's exactly the pride you're trying to denounce that enables me to be the leader that I am, to have the followers that I have, to have the money that I have, to have the platform. That's how I got here. Being a jerk works. And she storms out. And then one by one, the others leave. And the camera, I don't know if the writers of this show are Christians, but they are insightful in this moment, aren't they? Because then the camera just zooms in on him by himself. He's just trying to learn humility. And he's having a hard time finding others who will be willing to do that. Later on in the show, you see a scene with a woman that stormed out. It's holiday time, and she's alone. She's alone. But he, in his humility, gradually, gradually starts to find new kinds of relationships and friendships and all that. Why, David, would you risk losing what could give you the platform you have? You don't need anyone, do you? Maybe um, we might say to ourselves, I don't need anybody. Have you, do you know, uh, maybe you have felt this in your heart, I don't need anybody, it's myself, it's, I'm my best me, I don't need anybody else. And you, you say something like that, uh, 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 you're, you're talking to a friend and they just say, I don't need anybody, it's just all me, I make my own way. And then they, they pull out their phone and say, Siri? Directions to the nearest Starbucks. I need to hold this away. Directions to the nearest Starbucks. <laughs> you see what I'm getting at? I don't need anybody. Please tell me where to go. How do I get there? The truth is, um, I don't know how to cut my own hair. I go have someone cut my hair. The person saying, I don't need anybody, probably has someone cutting their hair. They're probably wearing clothes they didn't make. Probably driving a car they did not design, create, or manufacture. If they're sick, they probably are asking for help for a doctor. Uh, while they say they, they don't need anybody but themselves, they're trusting the ground won't move. There's no guarantee of that. That the ground won't move. Earthquake won't rumble through. They're, they're counting on good weather when you say that. There's no Missouri tornado or tornado coming through the south here. And there's no lightning flashing and striking all around. We depend upon a lot of people in order to say we don't need anybody. David is willing to take the cost, the risk of humility because it's truer, it's truer, it's, mo it's the most authentic thing to say, and it is the thing that brings us happiness. Humility is the way to happiness, childlike faith and rest to happiness. He says it here. He repeats it with the poetic language. 
I have calmed and quieted my soul. Boy, let's just sit there for a second. Has it been a while since you've had a calm and quiet soul? It's hard to have a calm and quiet soul and scrolling. It's hard to have a calm and quiet soul when watching the news. It's hard to have a calm and quiet soul when worrying about all the loved ones we worry about. Questions about our future, questions about our past, questions about our... Even a question about a conversation we'll have and we'll walk away from church. Was I too? Did I listen? Was I too much? Did I say the wrong thing? Calm and quieted soul is something uh, everybody wants. We were all made for it and we need it and we long for it. And this king is saying he is learning that. I have a calmed inner life. How? What's the secret? Someone's going to say, ah, easy for him to say. Easy for him to say. I mean, look at him. He's handsome. He's powerful. He's rich. Of course he can talk like this. Maybe. Maybe. But do you, do you remember a, a few years ago, it wasn't that long ago, there was an actor named Jim Carrey, known for his comedy and humorous movies, and he came out and he, with a, a quote, and it went viral, and he just said this. He said, I wish everyone could have the wealth and fame that I have so that they can see for themselves that it's not the answer. Now, the question is, why did that go viral? Well, because people like him don't talk like that. So sure, it could be easy for King David to talk like this, but the thing is, people who have the things he has don't talk like this. When they do talk like this, that when it, that's when it stands out. That's when it goes viral. That's when it's surprising. Someone might say, well, don't stop David from being his best self. I mean, maybe it's from low self-esteem he's saying this. You know, I've calmed myself. I'm not looking at things too lofty. Maybe it's from poor self-esteem. Maybe, but um, I don't know. Uh, David's the kind of guy that can dance wearing next to nothing before the Lord in front of everybody. He's the kind of guy that can like cut off another dude's head in battle when no one else would go there and then he'll raise that head and say, come on, to those who are scared. He doesn't seem to be the kind of guy who struggles with low self-esteem. <laughs> you know? Maybe it's not about he's got to be his own man. He's got low self-esteem. He needs to ride the wave. Maybe he just thinks differently because the God he's encountered looks at things differently. And his answer here is, I am like a weaned child. He says it twice, the poetry of it to set it in front of us with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. A weaned child. Let's say, what's an unweaned child? 
An unweaned child is a child who you just fed. You just fed two and a half hours, three hours earlier. Now the child is crying as if it's going to die. It is crying out as if it is full of scarcity and no one will ever feed it again. And that's because the child is not yet weaned, which is to say the child does not yet trust. The child does not yet know it will be fed again. Uh, If you're a young parent uh, of a little one, can I remind you that babies don't speak English? They don't speak Spanish. If you couldn't speak the language... And you were hungry and never knew if you'd be fed again. And if you've got stuff coming out and you don't even know what it is, but it smells and it feels awful, and you don't know if anyone will come and clean this again, and you don't have the language, what would you do? You would cry. You would use anything you got. Help. A weaned child, on the other hand, trusts. It's come to know, okay, wait a minute, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel scared, but they've always come to feed me before. I just, okay, just wait. And then sure enough, here comes mama. A weaned child is learning to trust. I've become like a child with its mother. In my soul, I don't have to have more. I am trusting that I am cared for. I'm trusting in my inner being. I am loved. I am not forgotten. My greatest fears, my greatest basic needs are cared for by him. Our our littlest, our youngest child, Noah, has become our spiritual director, uh, which is to say teaches us things about God. And um, at, at, at night, we will go through our bedtime routines of saying our prayers, telling stories, talking about the day, things like that, singing songs. And, um, and then uh, early on, I would say, Noah, you're a loved boy. And, uh, and then eventually, Noah began to say, yes, I am. Noah, you're a loved boy. Yes, I am a loved boy. I was so startled by that. I wondered, do I know I can say that? When the one who cares for me, like a weaned child, says, I love you, am I able to say, yes, I am loved? Uh, Noah's cousins came And they said, they're a little older. They said, Noah, you're a little boy. He said, no, I'm not. I'm a loved boy. (laughs) King David is saying, I'm a loved boy. I'm a loved child. My soul feels it. It's like I'm weaned. When... um, doing bedtime routine, uh, and we know that we're loved, but then when uh, putting train tracks together, uh, and the train tracks, 
when Noah was younger, when the train tracks, Thomas the train, you know, Edward and Henry and Thomas and everybody from the world now uh, in there, and uh, the train tracks would, would break, and then tears. And, uh, and then you put the train tracks back together. It's okay. Uh, wind, as it relates to bedtime routine and food. Broken train tracks, not yet weaned. <laughs> Crying out with scarcity as if they'll never be fixed again, even though we fixed them the day before and the day before that. And if you were panning back the, the screen there, little ones in my lap, and my hands are coming around and putting the track back together, and then eventually become weaned as it relates to the tracks. And the toy is, trust, it'll be okay. Some of us that you know, uh, they, they uh, knew they were loved until they were single much longer than they want to be single. And then they start to ask, am I loved? Or wanted to be married and got to be, but then uh, somewhere uh, they wanted to have children and then not able to. Knew they were loved and now wonder if they are. Weaned, now they wonder. Then have children, but then one of the children has special needs or one of the children doesn't live as long as we imagined. And we knew that we were loved but now we don't. And we ask again, am, am I loved? Or being together and having the marriage and the children and everything, but now life feels like a grind. The job I wanted isn't the job that I have. We're making ends meet. But am I loved? I thought life would be different than this. Or then one being married 50 years or single 40 years and there at the end, their best friend passing away, their single best friend passing away, married, dear spouse passing away, knew we were loved, we were weaned. But now we don't know, am I? And we're crying out with scarcity we will be cared for again, you know. And here's the king in all his power saying, I'm like a child. I am weaned. I know I will be cared for. It is like Job when everything went bad. I know my Redeemer lives. I... Uh, sometimes think, uh, I, I have anxiety. So sometimes I have anxiety attacks. I'm more broken than I want to be. I've had stuff in my life that shows up sometimes. I just don't even know how it got there, but there it is. And uh, I've learned how to deal with fear uh, when it sneaks up on you and makes you think you're in a terrifying moment and everything in your body wants to run or fight, but nothing's happening. The sky is sunny. 
blue. And uh, Jessica, my best buddy, uh, she'll, I, I guess I don't even realize it anymore. I, I turn my hands over, palms up when that starts to happen. I don't realize I'm doing that anymore. Jessica, I, I got, here I am, I'm doing it. Jessica notices. She says, you okay? And I'll say, oh, oh, <laughs> I think I'm on the verge. She'll come over, she'll put her forehead right here. She'll put a hand right behind my neck. And she'll say, you are loved. You are safe. You are a son of the king. King David is doing something like that with his people. You'll notice it because there's the parallelism. The parallelism in the text. It starts off, O Lord. You see that? Verse 1. O Lord. This is King David's own solitude, his own heart, his own coming to the Lord directly with the stuff of his own soul, the things that would keep him unweaned, the things that would keep him uncalmed and unquieted, right? But then it turns in verse 3. You see it? Oh, Israel. Oh, Lord. Oh, Israel. See it? And the oh is passion. Oh, it doesn't just say, Lord, remove the O from the song and just read it like that. Lord, my heart is not lifted up. Israel, hope in the Lord. You put the O back in, it changes everything. Now it's all heart. It's whole soul. It's whole body. Oh, Lord. And then it's as if he's putting his forehead to the foreheads of his people and his hand around the back of the neck. Oh, Israel. You are like a weaned child. Hope. Hope in the Lord. And there he is, the king of the nation, the military commander saying, our hope is not in him. Our hope is in the Lord who's like a mother. And we are like that in the arms of our God. And he says, shh. He kisses our forehead. And we know that we are loved. When Jesus set a child in front of those people and said, life can be golden. It's good to want it. But here's where it's found. He was telling us something about childlikeness which will cost us in this life, but will be the means of the happiness we long for, the resources for our calm soul are found here, not in the Roman Empire and not in the Jewish nation and the Herodians and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Zealots and the Essenes and everybody trying to find a way of hope. A child, Jesus said, and then Jesus spoke like a child. Father, he said when he prayed. And then on the cross, he called out from scarcity. Why? And he took up 
not only our sins, but the cry of those sinned against. Why? And then he spoke like a child, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. My life is in your hands. In your hands there is hope. And he paid for all of us to free all of us who have been contemplating things too great for us. Trying to be constantly greater than we are. Full of anxiety. With no sense of love. Doing everything to get a sense of love. Rather than being freed by being loved and then doing whatever he calls us to. This is the provision of Jesus. The Son of God. God himself. And the forerunner to him, King David, all those years before, sang it and had all who followed to sing it. And we get to say it and sing it to each other. Let's pray together. Lord, we ask that you would deliver us from evil which would tempt us to lofty great things. Tempt us to want power and strength in such a way that we can't call ourselves children anymore. We thank you for the freedom of being childlike in your presence, abounding with free play and love, being weaned and knowing we're cared for. We ask that you would help each one of us, anxious and afraid within, striving within, deliver us from that. Give us the grace to rest and to know that you're the Lord and that we are loved. And we ask that, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen.